Here's a Lotus is Kenneth Anderson's podcast, and it's the 18th of September 2021. The time is 17.00, and it is uh, Saturday. Now today we are going to, as the picture clearly shows, and of course, it demands a little bit of an explanation, because... I'm under education to becoming a blacksmith, so we have um, physics uh, education also. And our teacher asked us if we wanted to go over to the university uh, to visit. Uh, and of course, you have to excuse me, I do not know the name of this person. I cannot remember it. But he was uh, he's from Norway, a very famous, uh, basically a scientist and also a researcher. And also, uh, what I'm like most of all, uh, a scientist who also built something. So it's not only theory that he is uh, participating in or talking about, but he's actually building the machines behind it. I believe this is called uh, cold fusion or uh, plasma technology. It's... Uh, basically uh, heavy, um, what do you call it, heavy brints, uh, carbon monoxide. No, I cannot really remember the gas that is used here. But um, it is basically in a, in a vacuum, very, very heavy vacuum. And um, when he puts electricity through it, he can actually get up until 100 million degrees Celsius in the core of this that we are watching through this glass. So if we could harvest the energy in this, we could basically <laughs> pull up energy that is far beyond what we can today. I'm also going to explain and show you this in a moment, as good as I can, because... Uh, I'm not a scientist at all. I'm simply just a student. But perhaps this is or could be something in the future that we can have as energy that is basically endless. Or not endless, but at least it is It is made so that it can, if we harvest it, and if we can harvest it, it then we can basically use it for common good. Because a lot of people are talking, and of course I, when I visited the university, I was there in a bit of uh, half an hour before we should meet. Uh, so I was um, just sitting in the lobby, and I watched the students uh, come by, these young uh, people come by. And I also noticed that uh, they carried, some of them carried big boxes with um, with the education that they were uh, currently being taught. It was uh, equal rights for men and women um, and also climate change or yeah, what they call it, yeah, climate change. Um, and of course, I know this. I have heard about it, and I know that basically what I think that the 
students are being teach is a way of levering the playing field. But in the process, they maybe forget something. That is that we as human beings, as men and women, are not equal. And I, of course, I'm going to explain this. We are not created equal. And this also sounds very uh, chauvinistic. But it's basically, if you look at it at a scientific level, men have a totally different outlook on the world. And women have a totally different outlook on the world. That's why we choose different professions. That's why we choose different uh, way of life. <clears throat> so the, the, the pr problem is that when you want to make it equal or you want to level the playing field, you want to force as many men into the areas that are occupied mainly by women, and also you want to force women into areas that, that are occupied by men, when you force it upon people and they refuse, you get a, a sort of like a backlash. People are fed off about being taught what they should be thinking about, how they should be thinking, and the way they should act accordingly. I'm not saying it's uh, not a good thing to uh, have a mindset that says that, yes, I see women as uh, as much value, or they have as much value as a man has. I do not differentiate, or I do not try to, in my mind at least, um, try to put one uh, on a pedestal and another one down on another pedestal. But but we have to uh, differentiate, differentiate about this because it's very important that we, if we are totally equal, well then I can best assure you that we as men are not going to keep on acting like men. We are basically forced into sort of like a mindset of not being a man. And we have a difficult time defining us as a man because women are constantly telling us what to do, how to feel, and especially a white man, of course, and of course, I have been explaining this, where it comes from and what the main purpose of this movement is. It's basically to make sure that it is only uh, homosexuals and women that are allowed into politics. And this is because the ruling elite, the minute percent of the world population that rules the mainstream media that decides what you can and cannot talk about, they know that if they could, this would be an ideal situation for them. Because it is much easier to manage um, the political situation where there are no men or no men defined as 
heterosexual man, so to speak. Because a heterosexual man has a totally different mindset than a, a gay man. A gay man is actually in competition with every woman on the planet. And a gay man has not um, deep in his core a need to protect every woman. A, a man has it, a heterosexual man has uh, a deep core that says that he has to protect every woman that he meets. Also, not only physically, but also emotionally and mentally. He has to be a, a sturdy rock because women has a tendency to overthink things. Their mind are running at a pace of 200 miles per hour, while a man's mind, a heterosexual man's mind, runs at a much, much slower pace. He is not so worried about the way he looks or the way he feels or anything other that a woman can uh, make her feel inadequate. So it's very important that there still are real men out there. And what I mean by real men is, of course, I'm not lowering any of homosexuality. Uh, it's as basic you can uh, decide for yourself. Uh, what I'm saying is that once you make a small group in society the main deciders, then you are going to have a big problem. And the big problem is going to occur in the future. Uh, I have been talking about this also about uh, Kevin Samuels, but also about the Fresh and Fit podcast, where women have basically been taught that they have to strive for higher education, but they also have to strive for the perfect man. And the perfect man has a lot of money, he has a lot of prestige, and this is a very, very, very small percentage of men out there. So the vast majority of women are actually competing for that very, very small minute percent of men. And these men have abundancy of choice. They can choose to have sex with 20 women every day or 50 women every day because it's so abundant. Because women have been taught or tricked into believing that um, the, man, the men that they are currently going to university uh, with are beneath them. They see them as not basically potential to marry. And this is the problem, or it's going to be a problem for them, because once they reach 30 plus, and of course you can look up Kevin Samuels, and you can see that he is saying that they are basically coming over to, into a danger zone, where from 30 to 35, there is still a window of opportunity, but you have to remember they are still searching for or still believing that they have a chance with a 1% man. 
but 1% man has abundancy of choice. And he is, unfortunately, I'm going to say this, he is going to choose the 21-year-old over a person who has a high education as and, and is on the 30-plus years. So you have to remember that, of course, this is also planned by the elite. You have to remember that there are a force behind this that decides what we can talk and not talk about, and also our opinions about it. I cannot have these opinions. I have to keep them to myself. Because otherwise I'm going to be attacked by feminists who are... Of course, they can see that there is a bit of truth to what I'm saying, but it contradicts everything that they have been taught at the university. So the question is, what are they teaching at the university? Is it something... Because it, if, if it was like uh, the persons who got out of university when they were finished with their education and got a job, and they were better at coping and dealing with everyday life, they were even better human beings than they were before, meaning that they were more loving and caring and kind, they were more inclusive, they thought about themselves in a loving and caring and kind way, and they also thought about others in a loving and caring and kind way. Well, then that is beautiful. Then that will be beautiful, if it were so. But deep down inside, you and I know that that is not going to happen. Once you cram an opinion upon a person, you're basically brainwashing a person. That's why if I were a teacher at the university, I will teach people that you have to be aware of the fact that there is a possibility that what I'm saying is not true. And you have to have courage enough to stand up and repute it when you think that I am wrong. Otherwise, I'm just simply going to talk about what I'm going to talk about and what I have been uh, teaching and also what I have been told to teach. Uh, so an open dialogue and discussion is very important, especially at the university level, because the students of the universities are going to be judges and lawyers and politicians, and they are going to be the persons in the future who are deciding basically the little people, <laughs> basically people on the floor, uh, what they can and cannot do. So that's why I believe it's very, not dangerous, but it's very th good thing to think ahead a little bit. Think about what can this achieve? Is this achieving anything? Is it achieving a good and positive result in these humans or, I'd, or is it basically doing the opposite? And of course, the loneliness that a lot of people are feeling at the moment, um, they have, many of them have friends, but a lot of them have difficulty maintaining a friendship. And of course, the reason why is, of course, that the, the best friend that we currently have, and a lot of people have, is, is this uh, 
this cell phone, this smartphone, so to speak, that are constantly watching us, that are constantly recording everything that we are saying because the microphone is always on. So do have we made a friend out of a dead object and not a friend on a real human being, of a real human being? That's also the question that I ask many times in my podcast because I believe it's very important that we keep on, as humans, we try to find the core of us humans, that what we are deep inside is love and kindness. And in order for us to keep this core not suppressed, but part of our personality, we need to be aware of the pitfalls, of things that could be put before us that could hinder us into showing love and kindness. It could be violent movies, violent video games, people or sorry, movies who portray people's bad behaviors as something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by, also the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also the fake media that constantly tells you what to fear and tells you the solutions to your fear. This could be part of things that hinder us into showing love and kindness. I'm just simply saying or stating the obvious that if you want to have love and kindness in your life, it contradicts it if you only put in bad human personality traits that you entertain yourself with. So we need to snap out of it. We need to be aware of the power that we have over ourselves. That we as human beings decide what we put through our eyes and ears. We, we, we also decide what we believe in and what we do not believe in. So simply just <clears throat> sitting on your backside and receiving education is not really education, is it? It is simply just regurgitating that what the teacher is teaching you on the blackboard is the truth, and this is something that you should <laughs> be aware of. That just simply regurgitating is not going to allow you to think for yourself. I'm not saying that you could change physics, because the physical world is basically surrounded by things that you can prove. You have scientists who make up a theory, and this theory could be string theory, but before they can prove it, it is a theory. It is basically between the truth and a lie. It can be the truth or it can be the lie. It can be something somewhere in between. It could be that the string theory, part of it is true and part of it is not. But before you do the experiment, you cannot really think or say that this is the true, uh, the truth of science as we know it. It's the same thing with this one. The scientists that are making the experiments, and of course there's only about 50 of these uh, around the world, they basically are on, you could call it, shaky ground. Because once he crank up the volume of uh, the electricity that he's putting through it, the Geiger counter that tells the radiation levels 
is going to, or are, as I could hear, uh, greatly increased. So you also have to take in consideration that when you make 100 million degrees Celsius in the core of this, there's a lot of radiation also occurring. And also, what is the next step? Because now we have a machine that we can see that this is as hot as they think it would have been at the creation of the universe. But now we need to take it one step further. How do you harvest it? Because this is in a very, very, very uh, big uh, vacuum, I believe 100,000 tons or in or 100 million tons or something like that. It's extremely compacted. So the question is, how can you harvest this? How can you basically run a water hose through it uh, and <laughs> as close as possible so you, you can make boiling water and then you can actually heat up an entire city or even Denmark? That is the question next, of course. And of course, there are a lot of researchers around the world that are trying to do this in different ways that I'm going to show you. So my podcast also have been about a little bit about science and also I've been, I've have one video where I explain I believe that this is the way to make a time machine for example this is the way to make a gravity machine but I cannot or have not a I'm not going to have a thought I'm not going to afford this because it's going to be extremely expensive to make this machine. Also, I do not really know if it is going to work. But it is only when I make this machine that I can prove that it is going to work or not. Also, if you take into consideration that in the core of uh, Earth, um, time is slowing down, and on the top of a mountain it is speeding up, but it is a very, very, very small amount of time. So you have to basically make uh, the, gravi uh, the gravity machine extremely strong. Basically, maybe you could even create a black hole on Earth, and that would not be so good. Because a lot of scientists are saying, and this is a theory, of course, if you could basically live on the edge of a black hole, there time stands still. And you would, would be able to live forever on this if it were not <laughs> through the fact that it is going to pull you in and, of course, basically tear you apart. So, so you cannot really... <clears throat> live on the earth, edge of a, a black hole. But it would be interesting in the future if you were able to at least slow time down to half, of course, or even 25%, so that basically humans could live 200, 250 years in the future. We do not know this, of course. And of course, I'm not going to speculate in this direction, but uh, I have made a podcast also about um, 
the holographic universe. The book the holographic universe is also available on the pdfdrive.com. You can look at, at it yourself. Where it also explains that we humans we are not aware of it, but we are actually living in a sort of like a hologram that basically the only way we can experience life is through this body, through our senses, and the spectrum of this experience is very, very small, according to scientists that knows that the visible light is, or the, the ray of light is much more or bigger than we can uh, experience with our senses at, at the moment. But with instruments, they can measure far beyond what we can hear and smell and see and touch and feel. So we know that there are more things out there in the universe, more things out there in on the planet uh, to experience and to take into consideration when we make up our reality, so to speak. Because I have made up my reality. I think that the world is like this. I think that what is what Alex Jones is talking about at the infomwars.com is the truth. That he is, and also he is now exposing Fauci uh, as a mass murderer. And of course, this goes back even into the drugs that were given uh, to Freddie Mercury and, uh, and another famous baseball player. But the famous baseball player, base basketball player, uh, he refused to keep on taking this drug while Freddie Mercury went on to take this drug and it killed them and killed a lot of people who actually had the AIDS. So the question was, and this was promoted by, by Fauci, and you're going to hear this in the news and the current a few, few months from now, that perhaps he is actually backing this virus that has been made in a lab and that has been on purpose been put before the earth. Of course, of course I think it's, it is planned onto the very minute detail. And I think that the entire mainstream media is basically bought and paid for by the governments around the world, but also what is behind the governments, the secret societies. So they are basically pulling the strings and deciding that, for example, the corona passport, that is something that we should talk about on the entire planet, and we should have this as a device on our phone so that we are constantly surveilled and constantly being told where to go and where not to go when we are not allowed there and we are allowed there. <laughs> and we are allowed there. So, so you see that the control grid is only there when people apply it to themselves. When they say to themselves, yes, this is good, I believe this, I believe my government, I believe 
that my government is not going to wipe me out. I'm not going to think that my government is evil. I'm going to think that my government is good, and it's going to provide me with the resources for me to live a happy and good life. But if you take into consideration all the kingdoms on the planet that has been from the early years of the planet up until now, is there really a kingdom or government that has not oppressed their population? I can't really think about anyone in the past 2,000 years that has not been basically a bread and circus uh, freak show. Give the general population circuses, entertainment, and food on the table, and then you can basically do whatever you want. But of course, it is a bit different today. But now, because now I have the opportunity to speak to you, and uh, a lot of other people have also this opportunity. The world is basically opened even more, and of course I know that YouTube is also censoring other uh, YouTubers, uh, and of course I am. That's why. Yeah, that's for. That's why I'm on multiple platforms. So I know that I do not have a lot of views and a lot of uh, positive feedback. That is that is very good for me and fine for me because then I know that I can keep on making these videos. I believe that I can make maybe 10,000 videos before uh, this gets out and I get famous. I hope so. Because I know that what I am saying is the truth according to myself, of course. And you can agree and or disagree. But this is the foundation of society. That I can get my opinion across and you can get your opinion across and neither one of us should be censored. So how come Alex Jones is censored? How come Infowars is censored? How come it's very difficult to find information about it? Well, of course, the reason is that they do not want his information to get out. If it was basically lies that he told, it would make no difference. But because it is not entirely lies what he is telling us, and he is basically telling us what they are doing behind the scenes, behind the curtain, behind the screen, behind what we occupy our mind with, then when it comes to information, when it comes out as the truth, then we remember Alex Jones warning us. And then we think, well, what else did he talk about that has not come true yet? A lot of people can see this. A lot of people are aware of the fact that the government isn't there to benefit us as humans. On the contrary, it is only there to conceal power, to take power away from the general population as much as possible in order for what? in order for total control, or the Great Reset, you could also call it. So the elite has planned this for many, many years. And of course, I have been warning about this for seven or eight years now, as long as my podcast was open. 
and on this occasion maybe 12 or 1300 episodes that I've made currently 460 English ones and 860 Danish ones. So I have made a lot of videos and of course they are not they're different of course from everyone because I do not have a script. I simply just uh, talk about what topics that I want to talk about. So this machine that he has made and I'm going to show you a more a bigger picture here like this. It's basically made by parts that of course it's not easy to get but it's not difficult either and it's not so expensive it costs about $10,000 to make this machine. So the question is is this machine going to power us in the future? It's called Fusion, yes. You can read it on the sign there. And of course, we also have to take into consideration that scientists are working on a, or many of them are working on a very small area. They are not basically thinking about what happens over here about time machines or what happens over here about supercomputers or what happens over here about any of the other research areas. So this is also a big problem when scientists are not um, cross-breeding, so to speak, or cross-breeding their, their minds, their way of thinking. So broadening uh, scientists' mind is also very important because then they can learn from each other the different aspects of physics and then they can perhaps become even faster at basically making the future fuel that we can use uh, so that we do not have um, uh, coal and all the rest of it who are <coughs> currently, as the scientists say, I'm not saying this, are currently heating up the earth. And also, this is something that I have been wondering about. Let's say that it is true, that global warming is true. Let's say that it, or we are managing the planet's CO2 levels. But the problem is that if we take too much CO2 out, then it is going to be very cold on Earth. So the question is, can we as humans alter the Earth and its atmosphere or without consequences? Mainly asking, or I'm asking, where is the tipping point? And are we aware of the tipping point and if we, let's say, cross the tipping point, can we reverse it so that we do not go under an ice age, for example, where we cannot grow any plants at all? That is going to be a big problem. <laughs> so, so you have to realize that if you are talking only about global warming and you are getting a lot of people on board, what is going to 
be the consequence of the planet when we try as good as we can to alter uh, the system of uh, the Earth. So, of course, not a lot of people are thinking about this, but it should also be taken into consideration when you try to change the entire planet's atmosphere and trying to change or take out of the equation uh, some of the things that are needed in the atmosphere, for example, CO2. Uh, so this is something that I do not hear a lot about, the dangers of altering also. Because, yes, we could say, well, we need to lower the temperature. Let's say we lower the temperature, but it reaches a tipping point where it keeps lowering. Well, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> what can we do about it? Is there a backup plan? Well, the answer, of course, is no. There's no backup plan. So, basically, if the temperature is, uh, is slowing down or going below the average, then if it keeps on going down, then people are going to panic and they have no also no alternative but to move where it is uh, hotter. Of course, if the entire planet is going down in temperature, well then a new ice age could be the consequences of us simply trying to alter what we perhaps should not be messing with. So this is the question of uh, teaching this in schools, in the universities, because what is or what could be the consequences or the outcome, it could be good, but it could also be bad. So we have to also take into to consideration this. And of course, I could also show you a lot of other pictures. Let me just show you this one here. Uh, let's see here. And this one we erase. Yes. And then we just take another one and uh, find this one here. I believe, uh, yes, you could see there, there are, uh, oh, sorry, this one here, yes, um, where it states that fusion, uh, let's see here, uh, fusion is the powerful energy source, that, or the po most powerful energy source that we know. If we fusion the the tritium that are in one liter water, we get 27 liter DJ energy. That would uh, be the amount that we could cover Dan Denmark's yearly energy use by using 24 million liters of seawater. And this is a cubic feet of 275 meters times 275 meters. This should be enough to power the entire energy use of Denmark. So fusion has, um, or can be in the future, have a lot to do with the way we use energy. Let's uh, see if I can find these ones here. Yes, there are a lot of other uh, um, things that they are doing around the world. This is, um, let's see here, this is Max Planck's Institute in Greifswald. So you can also see that <laughs> this is also one of the big ones. 
the temperatures is about 60 to 130 million Celsius. I do not know the word Celsius, but you can figure it out. So, so this machine is just one of them. And there's a lot of them. Let's just see if we can find one more here. Um, let's just see here. This one right here is... No, that was the same. That was the same. Let's just find one more here. And of course, there's. this is not... This is the Lockheed Martin Compact Fusion. This is a, let's see here. This is a prototype, about 50 megawatt reactor. So this is also a place that they have been uh, experimenting. And let's just see if we can find one more here where you actually can see him, this professor. He's a very famous professor from uh, uh, from Norway. I cannot really remember his name. <sighs> Let's just see here. But he is uh, extremely smart or clever in his area, and he can explain it e even more profoundly than I can, of course. So uh, let's just move on here. Was there one more thing that I wanted to show you? Well, of course, <laughs> the big one here is um, when you fuse, um, and they, it is they have done in Russia, fusion of detritium or tri and tritium, it makes an atom bomb, I believe he said, 100 times bigger than Hiroshima or something like that extreme. And of course, uh, the Russians have made a test of this, so it's uh, one of the big ones. <laughs> so you have to take into consideration that science can be, can be done for the benefit of humans but it can also kill a lot of people. So the question is, the people behind this is not the scientists, but it is people that are funding the money towards the research that are done by scientists. So the question is, if one of these bombs goes off, what is going to happen? Bad things are going to happen, of course. So, not that's also why a lot of people think that well, it's not going to happen because neither one of them are psycho enough to <laughs> press the bottom button. <laughs> but we do not really know about this. But take into consideration that science should be for the benefit of humans, and it has been. Of course, we cannot thank scientists enough for the extremely benefits that we have been making for the last 100 years, for example. Because the cell phone is, is basically a dead object. You can use it for something good, but you can also use it for something bad. 
or you could just use it for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> and of course, that is going to just waste your time. The cars also is greatly advanced today. Basically, we have made it very comfortable for us, but only in the Western world. If we look at Africa and underdeveloped countries or China or um, North Korea, we know that it is not pleasant to live under these conditions where you are constantly hungry and trying to survive and especially trying not to say something that is wrong or that is going to make you be put in a, a camp, of course. So you have to remember that we can also be put in this situation and it is only going to be through our governments that are going to put us in a situation where we are basically under a FEMA lockdown camp, uh, basically under inner concentration camp. So we have to be aware of the danger that is our government, that is the state, so to speak. But this, because the state can quickly turn on us. The, the problem is also that people refuse to say no. Basically refuse to say no to just following orders. And orders is, of course, when a law is being put in, it should be beneficial for us as humans. But is it really? Or are we, if we can see that this law is oppressing people and putting them down or even putting them into camps, are we going to say no to it? And history, I have to say, has showed us that the answer is no. People of Germany did not think that it was going to be this bad once they small idiot with the mustache came to power. But it turned out to be very, very bad. So can we see basic politicians that search for power? Can we see them as people who we should not really trust? We should not really take our freedoms away from ourselves and just give them all to them. Because in the past, it has not been so beneficial for uh, humans when they have done this. That's also the question of today. So answering or asking ourselves these questions is very important for the future that lies ahead. I cannot change your mind, of course. You have to change it for yourself. I could keep on talking about this for hours on end, but it's only myself that I'm going to <laughs> become aware of this and say no to it. I'm not going to change any other people's minds because they know deep inside they're not going to refuse this. They're go just going to get along to... to keep along or keep along to get along, so to speak. They're not going to refuse this at all. 
so it is basically inevitable that in the future, once, of course, now we have a a, a small open window in Denmark because now the restriction is basically over, but now you hear a lot of side effects coming out. There's a lot of diseases of the heart. There are a lot of people who feel that they cannot talk about the side effects or they are not being heard about the side effects, even death. <laughs> so is this number that we are going to see of the death rate simply just exploding, is it a new variant of the coronavirus that is going to be blamed, but it is not the fault of a new <laughs> virus, it's the fault of what is in the vaccines? So that is the question. How many vaccines can you take before you keep over and die? And also, are you aware of the fact that the people behind the vaccines are evil human beings that are not going to have any love and kindness for you? They're basically evil human beings that only care and think about themselves and about having even more power over humans. So becoming very cynical or becoming very aware of the fact that we humans, we tend to be very loving and caring and kind when we see people or persons on the screen, on this dead object that we are constantly worshipping, and we are saying yes to it because we are, we are basically doing what we are being told to do. And we think that it is going to benefit society as a whole. Are we going to be willing in the future when it turns out to be the complete opposite? Are we willing to say no? The answer is of course no. Because people have a tendency to follow their leaders, regardless of whatever they are going to be put upon. So in the future, I believe, unfortunately, that the military is going to pick up a lot of people and put them into concentration camps. This is what I not only believe, but also I can hear when I hear Lars Anderson interviewing a defector from the military that are basically saying this, and this is in the Danish military, where they are currently trying as good as they can to have people being sorted out so that they can only take people that are going to be willing to make these camp work. Of course, talking about this is going to only make you shake your head and say that is idiotic, it's never going to happen. But it is not me who are saying it. It is persons within, uh, you could say, the deep state that has inside knowledge that the general population is not going to be allowed to see because the mainstream media is not going to allow you to see it. It's not going to allow you to talk about it. So, what is the future like? 
Is it the future bright and filled with beautiful mushroom clouds, as you can see here? Or is it uh, filled with another thing? Like this instead. Is it filled with nature? Is it filled with beautiful things that we can occupy our mind with? So the question is, of course, and I've been talking for the hour, and of course I have to wrap it up, because I could also talk for two hours, but that is going to not allow. Maybe I can, but I am not. I have not decided yet. Let's say that. But this picture of the flowers here, the picture of our creator, because I would much rather prefer me to talk about the creator, the creator of the universe, and how I prove that he is real. And I usually say it like this. We are currently 7.8 billion people on the planet. And we come from the same place. We come from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that you could place in the head of a top of a needle. But you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our father and mother. But you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. So I see that as pretty intelligent made, therefore there has to be an intelligent creator behind it all. I believe that his name is Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And once we use Jehovah God as the true God, once we close our eyes and pray to him, and we close our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, because then we recognize the greatest sacrifice that he has ever made, mainly his one begotten son. Then we realize, of course, that we are going to experience nightmares when we sleep. We are going to experience being visited by evil forces. And what are these evil forces? Well, it is, of course, Satan and his demons. But if we keep on praying to Jehovah God in the name of Jesus Christ, they are going, going to eventually leave us alone because they know what are awaiting them. Total destruction from Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And of course, meditation is also very important because, because when we meditate, we get in contact with ourselves. And we do not allow any outside hindrance, any outside clutter or noise to get into contact with ourselves. And when we come into contact with ourselves through meditation, we get into our deepest inner core, which is love and kindness. But before we do this, we are confronted with our own inner thoughts, our, we basically have two persons in us. We have a person who constantly tells you bad things about yourself and others. It is there to protect us in warlike situations. But it is also desperate, this voice of constantly telling you or being relevant, you could say. That is why 
when we occupy our mind with garbage from the garbage can, violent video games, violent movies, movies that portray people's bad behaviors or something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by, there are social media and also uh, the, the mainstream media that constantly tells us what to fear and that tells us the solutions to our fears. It is basically feeding this voice inside ourselves. And when we meditate, we get into a more deep conversation with that voice. And we do not really want to listen to that voice anymore. That's why I say that when you meditate, you keep on count, counting your breathings so that when you breathe, you count in one and breathe out, count two and three and four and so forth and so on. And when you or your mind refuses to do this exercise, and wanders off, and you can basically take take your mind back and refuse to have your mind taken over by this voice, then you can keep on concentrating on your breathing and counting your breathing. Then eventually, in about a fourth night, you're going to experience a more calm and collective mind. And then you are going to, when you shut down or even close or at least put the volume button down on this voice, you're going to turn the volume button up of a a more pleasant voice. This is the voice of loving kindness. This is the voice that wants us to show loving kindness to ourselves and others. This is the voice that strives us to get to know other human beings. This is the voice that wants to be part of you as a human. But in order for us to make that our inner voice, we need to constantly be aware of the fact of what we put through our eyes and ears has a great effect on the voice that we feed and the voice that we starve. So I would highly suggest that we starve the voice that is constantly telling us bad things about ourselves and others. So, so having a voice that tells you that you are a loving and caring and kind person, that you are a person that deserves love and kindness from others. You deserve attention from others. You deserve people truly listening to you when you talk to them. Because once you start learning to mold your mind in a more positive direction, where you think of other human beings as loving and caring and kind too, or at least they have the possibility or it is possible for them to also achieve this, then you start to come into a mindset of the one Jehovah God wants us to because he is the he is basically love, as it says in the Bible. He is the, the source of love and kindness. So when we pray to him, we get his Holy Spirit and we can now allow ourselves to show love and kindness to our fellow human beings. And it is not easy, of course. 
We need to be very selective. We need to say to ourselves, these persons that are constantly entertaining us, is this uplifting? Is this something that makes us happy and feel truly glad inside? Or is it the complete opposite? And also friendships. Bad company is not good for us. If we choose our friends badly, they're going to have a bad influence on us. But if we choose good, decent friends that also wants us to have a good and decent and happy life and a fulfilling life, then we have chosen good friends. So it, it has something to do with how we think about ourselves, and especially it reflects how we think about other human beings. So, of course, I have been explaining, for example, the Merciful Samaritan, where a person wanted to justify himself. He wanted to hear Jesus' words about who is my next of kin. And Jesus said, there were a person who fell at the hands of robbers and they left him half dead in the gutter. Now a person came by, a Levite came by. He was a high priest of Jehovah God. He felt truly disgusted by the man who was lying in the gutter and he walked by on the opposite side of the road. Now a priest walked by also a worshiper of Jehovah God, and he also felt truly disgusted by the man and walked on the opposite side of the road. Now Samaritan came by riding on his donkey. He saw that man lying there. He felt truly sorry for the man. He, he basically cared for his wounds, took him up, to on his donkey <clears throat> and carried him basically or the donkey carried him to a shelter and he told the manager of the shelter can you take care of this man here are some money and when I come back I'm going to pay what the, the person here has uh, cost you now Jesus turns to the man and says well who do you think have made himself the next of kin to the man who felt uh, badly to the robbers. Well, he said, he who showed mercy to the man. Well, then Jesus said to him, well, then you go out and do the same thing yourself. So are we really going to do the same thing ourselves? Because when I was sitting at the university in uh, Viborg, I saw a lot of people, and I tend to try not to judge people, but I could feel a vibration level, of course. I could feel that there were a lot of young women there, and I could feel that Basically, they were, I would not say stuck up their nose, but basically thinking that they were better than everyone else. 
and this tendency could make them so that they walk on the opposite side of the road, not showing mercy. I'm not saying that they're not going to do that. They're not going to show mercy to a man who are who fell. But what I'm saying is that it is a state of mind. When we think that we are better than others, we tend to not care about others. So lowering the way we look at ourselves, showing humility, is also one of the things that Jehovah God wants us to show, so that we do not think about ourselves as more than others, that we actually do not think about ourselves as equal, but we think about ourselves as a person who wants to serve others. You remember also Jesus said unto his disciples that, of course, they were quarreling and thinking or talking about which of them were greater than the other, more profound than the other. And Jesus, he put on a towel. He sat down the disciples and he kneeled before them and washed, washed their feet And he said to them, now you are guilty into doing the same thing to each other. So this was a great example of showing humility towards each other. Are we going to do this as humans today? No, not really. Because we have allowed another force in our life. And this force is not pleasant. It's not going to allow us to show love and kindness to our fellow human beings. It is pulling us in, a, in another direction. So being aware of the fact that we are under attack, that we have basically a good force, a decent force, but we also have an evil force. And these two forces are fighting for your attention, fighting for your mind. It is basically something good that you, and decent you, that you can occupy your mind with or the complete opposite. And you have to decide. But if you are not aware of the things that Jehovah God does not like, he does not like people, for example, showing too much attention or letting them be entertained by violence of any kind. He does not like it because he knows it is going to basically make them prone to evil thoughts all day long. So being aware of the power that we have over ourselves, but also being aware of the forces of evil that are pulling us in a wrong direction is also something that I would highly suggest that you become aware of. Because in the future, maybe we are not going to be allowed to decide anymore. Maybe we are going to be so oppressed that 
Facebook, Google, YouTube, uh, is going to decide 100% what you can and cannot talk about and the way in which they want you as a human is going to be the person that you're going to be. So do not allow them to mold your mind. Do not allow them to be the persons that rule you, that rule over you. Make it your mission in life to show love and kindness. Make it your mission in life to be very selective. You can listen to positive podcasts. You can listen or read positive books, self-help books, books that are uplifting, that are trying as good as they can to make a positive impression on you. If you occupy your mind with that 90% or 100% of the time, I will guarantee you a positive result. But it's only when you take your life into your own hands and do not allow other people to decide what you can and cannot talk about and what you can and cannot think about, then the true freedom comes when you close your eyes and you pray to Jehovah God and you close your eyes, uh, sorry, you close with the word of in the name of Jesus Christ so that you say to Jehovah God, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to guide me in my life. And I'm not going to say that you're going to <clears throat> become one of Jehovah's Witnesses because I do not believe that this is an organization that Jehovah God is approving today because they are also going to be vaccinated three or four or five times from the governing body. So I do not believe that they have a channel to Jehovah God. Maybe they have a channel to another opposite side of Jehovah God. So what we can do today is be aware of the evil powers that are pulling us in the wrong direction and saying no to them. This is also of the utmost importance that you learn to say no. If you are on the university ground, learn to say no. Learn to ask questions. Uh, learn to <clears throat> not just follow along orders. Otherwise, you are going to allow them to mold your mind in the direction that they want and not the direction that you want. So show love and kindness to each other. Be of a mind that has positive thoughts about yourself and others. Positive thoughts like, I love you, I want to take care of you. I want you to not only show love and kindness to yourself and others, I want you to truly be the greatest person that you can be by emerging yourself in other humans' thoughts of loving kindness and positivity. So allow positivity in your life. That is the greatest advice that I can give you. And saying no to the things that can pull you in another direction. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. I have been talking for 
way too long now. I hope you love each other and are kind to one another. This is the 18th of September, 2021. The time is 18.11 and it is Saturday. Bye.